Glock, are you on? Yes, sir. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome back, guys, to Shex Sports brought by Anchor. Anchor, follow your passion, get your voice out there. That song was Begin by Shao featuring Wales. I kind of like it. It's a you know, nice little summer tune. Why not start a day with some sports podcasts? I know Corey, our guest, is you all need an introduction for is doing tennis soon. So, yeah, Corey, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thank you. It's good to have you back on again. Yeah, definitely. Guys, I'm also, I believe, uh, after this, going to be two episodes away from my 60th episode, um, which is pretty cool. It's been since 2018, Sheck Sports, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I might bring on multiple people for the show. We'll have some maybe trivia for the show. Also, if you if anyone hasn't seen it on my Twitter or Instagram account, I'm making these really cool koozies with the Sheck Sports logo and the date it was founded, courtesy of um, Simply Creations by uh, Gabby. Um, shout out to you and, and Dylan. So. Um, I promise uh, I already said this over, um, you know, text to friends, but if you send my podcast name, Sheck Sports, to five people, um, I will send you a free koozie. And if you've been on my show before, like Corey, you'll, be, you'll automatically get a free koozie. Just send me your address and we'll have those for you. Um, but yeah, so yeah, obviously we're going to talk about some basically COVID sports updates. There's been a lot of college sports and athletics updates recently. Um I think probably the most surprising bit of Intel um, is community college. This is not like a private liberal arts, but a Stanford university kind of, you know, they call the Ivy of California um, is cutting 11 of its sports programs after the 20, 2021 season. Um, pretty big news coming out of the PAC 12. Um, I think that the main concern obviously is with COVID funds um, but it's going to be big. Um, this is a historic program with a lot of championships. Um, you know, in an article from the Washington Post, it said that the best case scenario was that the school would save about $25 million. I think that's the deficit right now. And over three years, I think it's supposed to save up to $70 million. But uh, yeah, Corey, I, you know, I'll, I'll let you know the sports. What do you think about that piece of information out of Stanford? Yeah, really shocking. Um, but at the same time, though, it's not. It's, you know, it's it's a big concern for safety right now. And I know 2021 seems far away just based off how 2020 is going. Much for six months of the year, we've been immense then with Seth Curry Bryant and now the development and spread of the COVID-19 virus. So it is not surprising, but it is 2021 is still kind of far away. So Perhaps things could change. Um, it could set precedent for the programs to, the, to follow the same path. Uh, we just don't know. So right. definitely surprising, yeah. but I guess their concern is lack of funding or, you know, to prepare those funds mm -hmm. for 2021. And perhaps yep. we're thinking, you know, just thinking ahead for the future. Yeah. I mean, the programs right now, they're going to be cutting men's volleyball, wrestling, field hockey, uh, fencing for both men's and women's, um, light rate rowing men's rowing, co-ed women's sailing, squash and synchronized swimming. Um, and this is good. I think bring, they believe I have 34 programs. Um, so that's going to bring it down. Um, but, you know, 
Obviously, uh, these sports that they're going to discontinue have produced 20 national championships, 27 Olympic medals, um, 240 athletes are going to be in the group that can no longer compete. And that's 22 coaches that will need to find another school to uh, pursue their careers at. Um, so it's obviously a bit of a shock, um, but, you know, it's we've gone back and forth about this topic, um, pay for play. But if anyone doesn't know that the truth is, though, that, you know, the football and basketball primarily support the other programs besides the donors. So, you know, I mean, obviously a Stanford or like a Duke would never cut a football or a basketball team. That would just be like really shocking. Um, it's not fair, but obviously I guess they had to cut some programs, um, which is actually funny now because people have argued, people argued. About, argued about amateurism for a long time. And now literally you could have the amateur code. I mean, like Stanford rowing students could compete against USC rowing and have it not be televised, not be sponsored by schools, just do it for fun and be and be athletes that literally would be amateurism and it actually would be fair um because no one is watching or paying tickets so that actually would the the model would work um the only other caveat which i think is totally fine is that you know if you're going to cut these programs then students you know might as well make money off of their likeness because they're not going to be on the campus they're not going to be using the campus equipment so if they you know run a tournament where they're getting paid by just spectators without any school affiliation. I think that's totally legal to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you know, you really, I was going to kind of bring in the, the idea of the pay for play thing. Cause you know, these athletes at the same time, but they get scholarships for scholarship to compete in the respective sports, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or uh, the ones being cut, rowing, fencing, volleyball, they're still really talented programs. And like I said, I understand football and basketball bring the same the compensation for the, or a good amount of compensation for the school. But if anything, go back to normal classes, but their scholarship in a way becomes, so they still have the scholarship, but they, you know, don't get to be able to pursue that scholarship for their sport. They just, it's the thing that if they're a senior, they're done. That's it for them. Right. So they really right, get to right. miss out that year. Um, Six yeah. maybe school could put us or just something that them um in his knees. Yeah. Really another argument that could be brought up about this whole thing with all suspensions sports, yeah. Yeah. I mean I think I've seen reports out of ESPN, uh Florida State's gonna slash athletic budget by twenty percent, eighty coaches. I think that there's anything that you're gonna do with schools to save money. It has to start with the coaches' salaries. It has to start with salaries. I looked up a 2018 report out of 24-7 sports for the highest-paid ADs in college athletics. Uh, Jack Swarbrick at the time at Notre Dame was making $3.5 million leading the pack. Um, and the person making the least amount of money was Ron Wellman of Wake Forest, but that was still $1.1 million. So, yeah, you got you to cut the um, AD – salaries that's a lot um i mean nick saban i think is making like 67 million for all the years he's going to be at alabama and i've said this time again he's a hard-working guy he's one of the greatest coaches but you know frankly he does not need to be making 67 million dollars that should be put in a in a in a rainy day fund uh maybe if he makes you know 
20 million, 10 million, sure, but 67 million, I, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, and I'm sure schools are going to be reevaluated. I mean, we live in kind of, you know, I call it the Cold War era of the athletics um, facilities uh, race. Um, you know, I looked up the top facilities in college football. Um, you know, leading the pack was Clemson, $55 million spent. Um, but then you have Tennessee that's spending, they, I think, currently are spending or have spent $340 million on their stadium and uh, the Anderson Training Athletic Facility. So um, these facilities are just, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of insane how much they're, they're spending on it. But I'm sure a lot of those projects are going to be on hold and maybe they'll reevaluate where things are. Um, again, another news kind of more related to Corey and I because our alma mater and for a lot of athletes, this is not like one or two teams. This is the entire Centennial Conference. Um, they're canceling fall 2020 for every program. Um, it was released on July 7th, the news. Um, they also said, quote, the presidents have determined football will not be played in the fall. However, the conference will explore the possibility of shifting certain fall sports, including football, to spring. Um, what, what was your first reaction to that? I, I'll just be frank. I was a little bit surprised. Um, I thought maybe they would keep tennis and soccer because, I mean, literally those sports, <laughs> you are more than six feet apart. Unless soccer, you're actually going into players. I mean, Premier League is back. Major League Soccer is back. Um, La Liga, every pretty much big league. And those are even being played without fans. So, yeah, what, what was your first reaction to that news about this? In yeah, uh, definitely a surprise. I mean, I understand maybe football, basketball, and the sports that you have constant contact with people. Um, not just one person, but many people, rather. And at the same time, though, you know, these, these are not, you know, like the Division One schools. These are they're still Division Three schools, and they put funding in, in sports and whatnot. Right. But they would lose more, I think, that, say, if, you know, a Division One program were to cancel or cut football or basketball and the big mm -hmm. big revenue programs for university mm -hmm. if they we were to do i mean now that we've done it it's not going to have immediate impact because we don't make ticket sales for games we don't have you know big donors as much as they do um we still have you know good revenue but it doesn't compare the same weight of effects as for a division one program would um or division two you know any other institution big program Still surprising, but it doesn't have. I don't think, and I could be wrong about this. The immediate effects as it would have for a larger program that generates millions and millions of dollars from these sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the only school that would really be affected in the Centennial, if spring is not allowed, is probably Hopkins because they're Division One in um, lacrosse. Yeah, um, that's, that's that's a big driver. Um, every other school, I'm sure, you know. We'll do fine. Um, but the culture will be different. I mean, yeah. you know, we can probably relate better um, <laughs> if there's no athletic events happening on campus and there's no social events happening on campus. It's pretty much a ghost town. Um, I think yeah. that's not really a shock to any some, any people who have gone to McDaniel or are currently an undergrad there. Um, I think that if you move everything to the spring, I mean, you know, positives on there, better weather. Sure. You know, hey. If you can go to a football game at McDaniel when it's 70 degrees out and sunny, why not? Um, and if, you know, if you're literally to have football, tennis, volleyball, swimming on the same day, yeah. I mean, you know, 
you'll probably get a lot more people to those events and it will be more packed. So, you know, it could be a really nice prospect. Um, but again, you know, again, you're going to have more people on campus. Um, who knows if they're going to allow students, you know, or faculty to attend. It could be, you know, closed off and it could all be virtual. Uh, maybe the school is doing more with that in their digital or marketing department. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be uh, different. Um, you know, the good thing is I've told Lex and other people, as we know, that, you know, McDaniel does not have to worry because they do not offer scholarships. It's all merit-based for athletics. Um, Stamped, uh-huh. on the other hand, they'll lose people because you can transfer to other schools, even if you won't be able to play. But if they're having cut those programs, of course, you're, you're going to leave um, unless, you know, you're fine with still getting a scholarship and not even participating. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, now, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have announced that they're going to have conference-only schedules for their fall sports. Um, that's a big move. Um, so football, it'll just be Big Ten specific. So like Penn State, Minnesota, Ohio State, uh, Maryland, and then you know Pac-12 would be like you know USC, um, Oregon, and other schools as well. What did you think about that decision? Yeah, I mean, I understand the safety and just to focus on conference only games. But if and then I think other conferences, Big Twelve, perhaps SEC, could follow the same path. Um, I don't think that they should have the playoff because I agree. The conferences vary by you know strength of teams, and the SEC has always been the dominant big uh, conference. You know, past you know five ten years now. And I don't think these schedules really reflect a resume for these teams to have a playoff, you know, a playoff season. I mean, anything. Yeah, I agree. Yep, yep, if, yep. if they do this, because there's so many games that were scheduled to non-conference games that have, you know, that really prove a team's caliber of, of strength and yeah, and ability to be in the tur- in the playoff. But now, just conference-only games, it's it doesn't reflect. I mean, of course, teams are still the same, but it's conference only games, um, perhaps limits, no fans. And it doesn't quite reflect the, you know, the same caliber of right, right, strength right. and schedule that would have once had. Yeah. I love your point. I think it's true. I was actually texting a uh, shout out to Mario Piscatelli. I was like, I might've texted you Mario, if not, but I pretty much was thinking, well, what do they do? I mean, do they maybe, I mean, if the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, if all the major conferences say that we're going to do inter- you know, conference schedules, then, I mean, what do they do? They ju- Do they just say the team with the most wins based off of their in-conference schedule gets the national championship? It could be. Um, maybe they don't even have a national champion. Maybe if they do, they find another playoff system. But I agree, you can't base it off of the playoffs. I mean, the Pac-12 had a lot of big games canceled. I saw them looking at their schedule. Um, they would have had, you know, uh, Michigan at Washington, USC at Alabama at a neutral site, Ohio State at Oregon, uh, Stanford at Notre Dame and Notre Dame at USC. So that's a lot of big games. The Big Ten is the same thing. I did tell Alexa, though, I mean, it would be cool because for the Pac-12, I think like, you know, if you're only going to play the, the schools in your conference, like they're going to take it more seriously. You know, we could see like a really good USC um, UCLA game or like an Oregon uh, Oregon State like you know because if that's all you have to play for like you're gonna play hard same with the Big Ten Michigan Ohio State all those schools but there's a lot to tell I mean we don't know things may change as you know 
COVID gets closer. Um, but at least now they don't have to fly. You can drive. I mean, maybe you'll fly if, you know, you're playing, you know, if you're USC, maybe you'll fly if you're going to play San Diego State or something like that. But I doubt fans will be able to attend the games. I mean, the Pac-12's commissioner tested positive for COVID. So um, he even said in an article on ESPN that football is going to be delayed. Um, We'll see what happens. I'm always an optimist. I don't think college game day will be uh, going to campuses unless they're comfortable with it. And it would just be interconference. But if they can still do college game day, you know, without students on a campus, hey, you know, they could still be, you know, satisfying even if people aren't there. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens, obviously with Florida state, um, there's going to be 25 full positions eliminated. Um, Mike Norvell is going to take a 25% pay cut. Good for him. And other sports will take pay cuts as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting overall to see what happens with college athletics. I think it is a crossroads, um, for what's going to happen in the future, um, with cost savings, you know, in-state versus out-of-state recruits. Um, so we'll see. There's a lot to be discussed. I mean, we already talked about how McDaniel, I think, has 88 players on their football team that are in-state, but maybe now that's a better thing because of COVID until things change. Obviously, with Hopkins, it was like the reverse with out-of-state as versus in-state. So there's a lot to be seen. Um, but, yeah, before we wrap up the show, I know you got to run to tennis, which is great. Any, uh, any recent tennis, tennis news you want to <laughs> tell our guests or, any, or is everything the same? Yeah, everything's been pretty much the same. Um, French Open and U.S. Open are still going to be played this – well, as scheduled to play this year. Um, Adal, Adal announced recently is playing the Madrid Open. That should be uh, prepping up pretty soon. So, good for him. But, uh, no, everything's still the same. Um, just still waiting for – players still on the fence about deciding to play in these tournaments and, you know, majors and whatnot. So, it's big on them. Uh, they're not required to play, obviously, but of course, if you want to win a major and compete, then yeah. now. Um, especially for these, you know, you know, Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, they don't play. The draws are going to be open for these tournaments. So, it would be cool to see. Um, you know, yeah, we'll have to see and how things develop because these international players, the travel, and they got to go through all these different safety protocols and screenings, right. whatnot. So it's not an easy process for them to go through this stuff. But yeah, it's a matter of just time and waiting to see what happens. But hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, no, we will. We will have to see, um, and we'll. You know, time, time will tell. Um, obviously, thanks again for joining, Corey. It was this was a really good, quick take. Um, still great, no matter how much time we spent on the air. Um, shout out to you, C, the whole Glocker family. Shout out to Tesla. Get a Tesla, guys. Derek, Corey's brother, great salesman, former uh, Towson grad. Shout out to Alexa, the whole Ray family. Uh, shout out to Mario, Dylan, the whole Piscatelli crew. Mario Shearer, Parent Greenlawn, head to Mario's today. Simply Creations with Gabby. They're going to be my official um, promotional item vendor. Really good stuff. I'm going to be sending Corey and everyone else those um koozies and please just spread my name you don't have to prove that people are going to listen to it but if you send them out i'll send you one for free i'll take care of the man shipping um and handling uh shout out to vernon crate great moving business in the industry shout out to mcdaniel centennial conference five cap sigma mcdaniel office sig mcdaniel uh, smith college hamilton college um and all of my 
partners and sponsors of the show. Corey, any shout-outs before you get off the tennis? No, man. Just uh, people out there continue what you're doing up there. And um, stay safe, everyone. Yeah, all right, guys. I'll see you on Shuck Sports again. Um, thank you for listening to my show. Check out my Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. I will have a website going public soon, shucksports.com. And we will see you next time on Shuck Sports. Thanks, guys. Over and out.